0: Today is Thursday, March 24th. We're talking about President Biden's top goal for his wartime visit to Europe, and what happens now that the U.S. has formally accused Russia of war crimes. Also, the moment on Capitol Hill that brought the latest Supreme Court nominee to tears. Plus, why teachers are on strike in a couple of big American cities, where thousands of TV episodes were just released for free. And check those brackets, what to expect from the latest round of March Madness. Welcome, welcome to The Newsworthy. All the day's news in around 10 minutes. Fast, fair, fun, and on the go. I'm Erica Mandy. Thanks so much for being here. You ready? Let's do this. It's one of the most high-stakes presidential trips in recent history. President Biden is on a wartime visit to Europe, where today he's meeting with key allies. They're going to talk through new punishing sanctions against Russia for its war in Ukraine. This comes on top of the earlier ones that were the biggest coordinated package of sanctions ever against a major economy. Then, they'll try to figure out how to respond if Russia were to launch a cyber, chemical, or nuclear attack. And that's a real concern for a lot of analysts. They worry Russia is being backed into a corner and may up the ante in the face of Ukrainian resistance and logistical issues. NATO will also talk about the humanitarian crisis that's been growing out of Ukraine. Millions of refugees have fled, and millions more still inside Ukraine are in desperate need of food, water, and shelter. Next, allies will try to set a long-term game plan for defending the Eastern NATO countries that border Ukraine and Russia. And those are just a few examples of what's on the agenda. Overall, the Biden administration says the president's top priority is making sure the U.S. and its allies are still on the same page to oppose Russia and support Ukraine. It's now official. The U.S. is accusing Russia of committing war crimes. In other words, the U.S. says Russia has violated international law by targeting Ukrainian civilians on purpose, among other things. The State Department says it did a careful review and confirmed Russia has destroyed homes, schools, hospitals, shopping centers, and more. And it says it's been obvious that many of those places were used by civilians, not the military. The Russian government is denying all of this. Still, the U.S. Secretary of State is promising to hold Russia accountable. That will be tough, though, since neither Russia nor the U.S. recognize the authority of the International Criminal Court, and that's usually who prosecutes war crimes. Still, the AP says the U.S. could help the court by handing over evidence, or the U.S. could bring its own criminal charges since two Americans were killed in Ukraine on top of the hundreds, if not thousands, of Ukrainians. The U.S. has not brought its own formal charges just yet, but the investigation continues. President Biden's first Supreme Court nominee is finally done answering questions for a while. Yesterday marked the last day for senators to question Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson during her confirmation hearing. And once again, things got tense. Some Republicans scrutinized her about how she defended suspected terrorists when she was a lawyer. To that, she said it was her job and that public defenders don't get to choose their clients. Others criticized her work as a judge, mostly saying she was too lenient in child pornography cases. But Jackson defended her record on that, essentially saying it's comparable to other judges. On the other hand, a few Senate Democrats praised Jackson. One of the more emotional moments came when Senator Cory Booker told the judge, quote, you are a person that is so much more than your race and gender. As Booker spoke, Jackson had tears running down her face. One more notable thing to come out of the hearing yesterday Jackson said if she was on the Supreme Court, she would not weigh in on a high-profile affirmative action case. It's one that accuses Harvard University of being discriminatory in its admissions process. Like a few other justices, Jackson has a degree from Harvard Law. She also served on the board of the Harvard Alumni Association. Today, the senators will hear from other legal experts about Jackson's qualifications, and they'll likely take a final vote next month to decide whether to confirm her. As long as more than half of the Senate votes yes, she'll be ready to take over for Justice Stephen Breyer when he retires this summer. Americans all around the country are saying goodbye to a trailblazer. The first woman to serve as Secretary of State, Madeleine Albright, died of cancer at 84 years old. She was the daughter of Czech refugees who rose through the ranks of American politics. Albright was the country's top diplomat from 1997 to 2001 during the Clinton administration. In that time, she promoted the expansion of NATO and a military intervention in Kosovo. And she received the prestigious Medal of Freedom in 2012. Soon after the news of her death, tributes started pouring in. Former President Clinton told CNN, quote, she was so smart, so well-informed, and level-headed. And President Biden said in a statement, quote, Madeleine was always a force for goodness, grace, and decency, and for freedom. Biden ordered flags on U.S. public buildings and grounds to be flown at half-staff in her honor. American children as young as six months old could be vaccinated for COVID-19 by summer. That's only if the FDA agrees with Moderna's latest studies. The vaccine maker found its low-dose vaccine for kids younger than six was safe. And it was about 44% effective at keeping kids younger than two from getting sick from the Omicron variant of COVID-19. It was 38% effective for kids two to five years old. But in the trial, even the kids who did get sick only had mild cases. And the side effects were pretty mild too. So Moderna says it's going to ask the FDA to give the vaccine the green light as soon as possible. So far, Moderna shots are only approved for adults, but children younger than five years old are the only age group left in the U.S. not eligible for any COVID-19 vaccine. Even though COVID-19 generally is not as dangerous to kids as it is to adults, some do get seriously sick. So several companies have been working on vaccines for the youngest Americans. Stay tuned. All right, we have much more news still coming up, but first, let's take a quick break to thank our sponsor. I'm so excited to tell you all about our new sponsor, Pampers. So if you've been listening for a while, then you know I'm a first-time mom, and as parents, we are forced to learn fast. And the latest thing I've learned is that my baby and I both love Pampers Cruisers 360 Fit Diapers. Now that I have an older baby, he is super active. And Pampers Cruiser's 360 Fit is Pampers' best fit and protection for an active baby. So unlike regular taped diapers, the 360 Gap Free Fit stretches around my baby's waist so it doesn't gap on his back. My baby can now crawl around and continue learning how to walk and climb leak-free. And the material feels super soft and comfortable. I can tell my baby actually loves it because he's finally stopped tugging at his diaper. Also, in case you didn't know, Pampers is the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. So buy in-store. You can look for the Pampers Cruisers 360 Fit if you want the type I've been talking about. And don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today to start earning rewards with every diapers and wipes purchase. The March Madness continues. After a dramatic bracket-busting weekend in the first two rounds of the NCAA basketball tournament, the men's Sweet 16 tips off tonight. And we can expect some major star power on the court since some of college ball's best players are on these top-ranked teams. Gonzaga faces Arkansas, while Michigan takes on Villanova. Also hitting the court tonight is Texas Tech and Duke, while Houston plays Arizona. Then there are two more games tomorrow. The winners of tonight and tomorrow's games move on to the Elite Eight this weekend. Coverage for the men's Sweet 16 starts tonight at 7 Eastern time. You can catch all the action on CBS and TBS. It's also streaming on March Madness Live then the women's Sweet 16 starts tomorrow. The world's biggest food company got called out by Ukraine's president, accused of not doing enough to push back against the war. So now Nestle is stopping sales of more of its well-known brands in Russia, like KitKat and Nesquik. A few days ago, Ukrainian President Zelensky named several companies still operating in Russia, even accusing Nestle of not living up to its slogan, good food, good life. The company had already stopped some exports and imports to Russia, quit advertising and investments, and insisted it was not making a profit there. Nestle says all the products pulled at this point make up the vast majority of volume and sales in Russia. And with this latest move, Nestle says it stands with the people of Ukraine and their nearly 6,000 employees there and will continue to pay its employees in Russia. Sacramento is now the second big school district this month to be facing a teacher strike. Thousands of employees walked off the job yesterday. This strike follows another one in Minneapolis that's going on its third week. Negotiations seem to be going nowhere in that one. Both work stoppages are over pay and staffing shortages as part of the fallout from the pandemic. Before the strike at the Sacramento district, hundreds of students have been without a full-time teacher. And the teachers' union in Minneapolis says that district has seen several hundred educators leave in just the last 18 months. So remaining teachers say they're taking on more work and therefore deserve more compensation. Both school districts have made offers that did include some wage increases, but union officials have turned them down, saying they need a lot more. Still, they're both open to more negotiations. Arizona became the first state in the U.S. to get to use Apple's new digital ID feature. That means iPhone users in Arizona can now add their driver's license or ID right to their Apple wallet. Once they have the digital ID, they can scan it at some TSA checkpoints at Sky Harbor International Airport in Phoenix. But for now, people cannot just ditch their physical IDs completely. Places like bars or federal buildings will likely still want to inspect the photo and information on their physical ID. Arizona is just the first of many states to get on board with this new feature. CNBC says Apple has reportedly been working on digital IDs for two years now. It has to work with states to issue the ID and with TSA to accept them. For the first time, YouTube will make thousands of TV episodes available for free. The video giant announced it will stream nearly 4,000 TV episodes, but since you don't have to pay, you will have to sit through some ads instead. New shows ready for binging on YouTube in the U.S. include Hell's Kitchen, Scream Queens, and Heartland, just to name a few. But it doesn't end there. YouTube says the plan is to add up to 100 more free titles every single week. That includes both movies and TV shows. And that's on top of what the platform already offers, which is about 1,500 movies that are free with ads. With this latest move, YouTube will be in more direct competition with other free ad-supported TV streaming platforms like Roku and Peacock. And that's it for the main news today, so now it's time for Thing to Know Thursday. But first, a quick word from our sponsor, Tommy John. I'm thrilled to tell you about Tommy John because my absolute favorite pair of lounge pants are my Tommy John lounge joggers. I first bought them thanks to a close friend's recommendation while I was still pregnant. I knew I would want something super cozy after having the baby, so I was on the hunt for the most comfortable lounge pants out there that still made me feel stylish and cute. And Tommy John's lounge joggers lived up to the hype. I now wear them pretty much every day. The material is super soft, it feels so good on my skin, and it's also lightweight and easy to move around in. In fact, I actually learned later that it's because the micromodal fabrics and extended inseams give you four-way stretch and limitless flexibility. And by the way, Tommy John has great options for both women and men. See for yourself and get 20% off your first order right now at tommyjohn.com newsworthy. Shop tommyjohn.com newsworthy for 20% off. tommyjohn.com newsworthy. See the site for details. Well, now back to Thing to Know Thursday. Scientists are trying to help the millions of people in states dealing with a drought with something called cloud seeding. It's actually been happening in the U.S. and other parts of the world for a while, but it's become more common recently, especially in western states. Basically, it's a type of weather modification that sends a special solution into the clouds meant to boost their productivity and essentially make it rain or snow. But there's a big debate over whether it works or not. Scientists in one study say under the right conditions, cloud seeding can squeeze 3 to 5% more rain out of clouds. But that's only if the temperature is low enough and the wind is right. But is all the time and effort worth the reward? For some scientists, it seems to be. Just last week, cloud seeding planes could be seen flying over drought-stricken Northern California, hoping to help the situation there. Another state that uses the technique is Wyoming. And while the manager of the program there says she firmly believes it's working, she also admits it's hard to know how much extra snow they're getting. And she says people still call and complain that it's, quote, playing God. She argues even though it can't fix the drought, it's just, quote, a tool in the toolbox. And climate scientists say more experiments need to be done to improve the technology. Well, thank you so much for listening today. We'll be back with much more news to know tomorrow. Until then, have a great day.